TII, item 376, December 14th, 2015. The Force Touch Awakens. As if I had a choice. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Golly! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of who I am. This episode of Today in iOS is brought to you by Harry's.com, where you can use promo code TII to save $5 off your first order. Today's episode is brought to you by Warby Parker. Please visit warbyparker.com slash TII to find fashionable eyewear at a very affordable price. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Russell for sending in the music here in the background. Russell wrote, Hi, Rob. I'm excited to share this song with you as it's being pitched to be on TV. The song contains four separate guitar parts, drums, violins, and cello, all created on my iPad with GarageBand. If it's okay, I'd also like to make a shout out to the best stepdad in the world, Clay Holbrook, who is probably listening to this show right now. Thanks for all you do. Hope your audience and yourself enjoy this song. Regards, Russell Campisi from Las Vegas. Well, thanks, Russell, for the music. And folks, I'll put the full song at the end of this episode. I also want to thank Saul for sending in the artwork for today's show. Saul wrote the following. Hi, Rob. Here's some artwork I put together to capture a number of things. I wanted to capture Christmas with the red and green wrapping, which doubles as the best podcast known to man covering Apple with the crossing today in iOS badging, which also doubles as lightsabers crossing, Star Wars in the background as a stage to complete the nature of the artwork, and then of course the meme love is there with the wordplay about Steve Jobs and Tim Cook being the head of the household of Apple. I use the over app for all the verbiage and color, Merry Christmas, Rob, and fellow listeners of Today in iOS podcast. Regards, Sal Laurie. Well, thanks, Sal, again, for sending in this artwork. And folks, you can see Sal's artwork in the free TI app via the bonus button for episode 376 or at Instagram.com slash Today in iOS. And also as a standalone post in the VIP section and at Facebook.com slash Today in iOS. In other words, lots of places. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email it to me at todayinios at gmail.com please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, I sincerely hope that science and scientists differ from the science fiction and its practitioners. Heaven help us if they don't. We may be headed for a very boring world indeed. Strip Star Wars of its often striking images and its highfalutin scientific jargon and you get a story, characters, and dialogue of overwhelming banality without even a future to cast them. Human beings, anthropods, and robots, you could probably find them all more or less like that in downtown LA today. Oh, dull world. We are treated to a galactic civil war, assorted heroes and villains, a princely maiden in distress, a splendid old man surviving from an extinct order of knights who possessed a mysterious power called the Force, and it's all as exciting as last year's weather reports. Why, even the most exciting fight is an old-fashioned duel. For all that, the swords have laser beams for blades. Here it is, all trite characterization and paltry verbiage. The one exception is Alec Guinness as the grand old man, Ben Kenobi. Ben for Hebrew Ben, to make him sound biblical and good. Kenobi probably from cannabis, i.e. hashish, for reasons you can probably guess. 
Still, Star Wars will do very nicely enough for those lucky enough to be children or unlucky enough never to have grown up, unquote. John Simon, the New York Magazine, May 1977, for his review of the original Star Wars film. FYI, I know a 10-year-old boy back in 1977 that if he had read that, would have said to Mr. Simon, I guess I never want to grow up then. Just saying. Sadly, this week, promo codes we do not have. Bad marketer are you if you have a paid app and did not send in those codes. A quick reminder, if you are an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook feature in promo giveaway segment for free. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayonios at gmail.com and please include a 60-second or less order review of your app or iBook indicating you are the dev or author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. Evidently, a few people don't like the look of the new Apple iPhone battery case, calling it the Quasimodo of iPhone cases. Others launched memes that go, Apple makes iPhone 6 thinner, so it has less battery, then charges you $100 to get more battery life. Brilliant! But here is something that is not getting much press. The new battery pack from Apple is called the Smart Battery Case. And part of the reason of that smart part is the design, as it allows the signal to get in and out better than other cases. The reason for the hump in the case is that the battery is placed away from the antennas. Thus, unlike other cases where the battery runs the entire top to bottom and blocks signal in and out, thus meaning your device has to work harder to connect and communicate, with the smart cases, the signal gets in and out with much less back blockage, and thus your device does not need to work as hard and use as much energy as those other iPhones in those other competitors' cases, in theory. And I say in theory, because I've not seen anyone actually test this yet. But if you look at the iFixit teardown, you will see the top and bottom of the case is, is, is a microfiber mesh material, and the battery is again in the middle, where it is not blocking the antennas of the iPhone 6 and 6S. It should also be pointed out that Apple has added coupled passive antennas to further aid in maintaining good signal level. Based on specs, Apple is saying you will get more than double the battery life when you use the smart battery case. Again, this is just for the iPhone 6 and 6S. There is no version from Apple for the 6 Plus and 6S Plus. Ironically, and I'm probably using that wrong, Apple who in the past has been beat up for making something look really pretty at the detriment of optimal performance, seems this time to have turned things around and put optimal performance before looks. And yes, they are of course getting smacked down for that. Haters gotta hate, I guess. Hi Rob, I just got the new USB 3.0 speed lightning to SD reader adapter for the iPad Pro. And then he sent in some pictures showing the two. The lower one is the new one. It has a longer body. The new one seems also to have thicker sides. By the way, loving the new iPad Pro. Got the Space Gray 128 gig Wi-Fi only model. The Photos app handles my 120,000 images, 270 gig gigabytes iCloud photo library. I'm into birding and nature and photography and burst mode can chew up a lot of space. Regards, Stephen in Houston. Stephen, thanks for the feedback. One thing to point out with the new USB 3 Lightning to SC card camera reader is that the USB 3 speeds are just for the iPad Pro. For other iOS devices, it is USB 2 speeds. And by other iOS devices, it means any iOS device running iOS 9.2 that has a Lightning port. 
as that is needed for iPhones to use this. But again, the USB 2 speeds are what you're going to get for everything other than the iPad Pro. Speaking of iOS 9.2, here is some iOS 9.2 update feedback. Quote, iOS 9.2 has made third-party keyboards a whole lot better. They open up without glitches, unquote, from Emil Kennedy. Quote, I've updated my 6 Plus and Air 2 and so far haven't seen any issues. Yesterday I did have issues with my Blue Ant Q3 audio being choppy, but today seems to be fine, unquote, from Michael Polinski. Quote, I've upgraded three iPhones and three iPads of various ages without any problems. I did not perform any magic rituals, just push the upgrade button. By the way, I also upgraded four Macs of various types and an Apple TV without any problems, unquote, from Craig B. Quote, I updated an iPhone 6 Plus and iPad 2. No issues as yet, unquote, Paul H. No issues from Eric S., Karthik M., and Chris S., Really not seeing many reports out there overall about issues. Almost none. I mean, not none, but almost none, and much less than past single dot updates, that's for sure. One report I did see was from someone that had been using a mic plugged into an iPhone, and with iOS 9.2, now they are getting an error message saying the device is not supported or draws too much power. I tried out my iPhone 6 Plus running iOS 9.2 with the iRig Mic HD, and also the ATR2100 mic, and both mics work fine, connected to my iPhone, no issues at all. So the issue does seem to be isolated to maybe just some specific mics. I'm checking to find out which mics it was. More news on that in a future episode. If you were holding off updating until this episode to hear how things are going, I would say now is a good time to do that update to iOS 9.2, assuming you don't plan to jailbreak. That is, nor are using your iOS device with a USB mic that is something other than the two that I just mentioned. Per the issue of not knowing which is the front of the Apple TV remote, I saw a post on Boing Boing, which made me go, "Go!" Oh! The simple solution to the problem comes out of Goodfellas or some other mob movie or show, and that is to take the thick rubber band from a stalk of broccoli. Well, okay, this article said use the purple one from asparagus, but come on, Really? you know you're going to use the thick green one from Broccoli, just like any good Wise Guy fan would do. Then you wrap the green or purple or some other color rubber band around the bottom half of the Apple TV remote, and now it's easier to tell which side is which. That is a brilliant DIY solution to the problem. And here is another solution, which was sent in by many. Now, it's not DIY, but rather BUI. Let me read this email. Hi, Rob. Just saw this and thought I'd share it with you and the listeners. I think having this along with the remote strap should help with the orientation of the remote. I know you and some listeners have had issues regarding this already. I personally already have the wrist strap and have found it to be very useful in knowing if I'm holding the remote correctly. I hope adding the case to the remote will add a little thickness to it since I feel it's too thin and doesn't feel natural in my hand. I really love and enjoy all the hard work you do to provide us a community in which we can all share and help each other out when we need to. Please keep it up, uh, the awesome work, and I'll be looking forward to another knowledge-packed episode. Kindest regards, Mike S. from Phoenix, Arizona. Well, Mike, thank you for the kind words. And what Mike S. and many others sent in was a link to the new Griffin's Survivor play case for Apple TV's Siri Remote, which will run you $20. 
which is a bit more than a stalk of broccoli or asparagus, but I guess it's a head of broccoli or a stalk of asparagus. But it is a little nicer looking and will actually protect the remote when it goes flying across the room, which the battery or the rubber band will not do. So again, if you want something a little more protection and help you to orient, you can look at Griffin's Survivor Playcase, which is again $20, which is a BUI solution, or you can get the rubber band, which is a DIY solution. For those of you looking for an Apple Watch and planning to buy an Apple Watch, but are really looking for a good deal on one, Best Buy is offering $100 off all versions they have in stock between now and Christmas. So yes, the 349 38mm sport version is now 249 at Best Buy. This is better than their Black Friday deal when it was just $50 off the sports model. And this offer is available online as well as in stores. Again, it's $100 off the sport and also the stainless steel versions. This is a very unusual offer. You know, it's very, I, I'm very surprised that Apple would allow this. It could mean Apple Watch sales are not what Apple was hoping for, as Apple does dictate what is allowed with regards to discounts. This is not your get $100 gift card type deal, like was the case with Target. This is $100 off the price, period. If this offer is not about pumping up less than stellar or expected sales, Maybe it's about Apple Watch 2 coming early in the spring and Apple Best Buy trying to clear inventory. Maybe it's a combo of both. Either way, it's unusual. But if you held off and 249 or 299 is the deal you are looking for, well, Best Buy is the place you can go find it at. I'd like to take a moment now to talk about today's sponsor, Harry's.com. And folks, with the holidays upon us, Harry's makes a great gift. It is much, much more considerate than a gift card which says what? I walked into Walgreens and purchased a gift card because it was the first one I reached up for. No, this says, I thought about you. I like you. Here is a great gift. Harry's recently sent me the Winter Winston gift set with the travel kit. It is a great travel bag. A beautiful copper razor handle was in there, three blades and foaming shave gel. This is a really nice set that you can also add in custom engraving on. I really like the look and the feel of the copper razor and the travel bag Hmm, more bueno quality. I love it, which I was able to test out on my trip to D.C. Felt good knowing my travel bag looked good when the maid came in. Plus, it had a little more room than my old travel shave bag, so everything I needed fit in nicely. Not too small, not too big, just right. Harry's has many other kits as well, with the Truman set starting at $15, which makes a nice gift for the company office pool or a stocking stuffer. And the best part they all use the great Harry's blades that come from their factory in Germany. After all, a great-looking razor means nothing if it does not give a great shave. And Harry's definitely gives a great shave. And Harry's is able to ensure that great shave by buying the factory that their blades are made at. We're not talking about blades that feel like they cost a buck. We're talking about the highest quality blades, but at a reasonable price. As I've said before, I am 100% a full-fledged Harry's customer, I have enough blades right now to get me through 2016 and then some I was looking under my cabinet the other day, thanks to my wife and boys. They know I love Harry's, and I know you will, as will whomever is lucky enough to get a razor from you this holiday season. Go to harrys.com right now. As a special offer to you, Harry's will give you $5 off your first order with promo code TII. Don't wait. Economy shipping for the holidays ends on December 18th. That's right, December 18th. Act now. That's 
Harry's, H-A-R-R-Y-S.com and enter promo code TII. Make every morning they shave feel like a holiday. Hey, Rob. Good morning. Jeff from Connecticut uh, calling you just a very few hours after I got your uh, message about the, uh, this episode being up. So it's early morning and I've just finished installing all of the Apple updates and reconfiguring a remote system that I use on my iPhone to uh, activate lights and appliances in my house. Now that they've allowed the new Apple TV to use the uh, remote app again, which is a great thing, and my particular uh, remote software app that I use partially works with the Apple TV. It's a good thing. However, it looks like Apple forgot part of the interface when it comes to adding additional third-party remote software to the Apple TV. Uh, You input your security code, and there's no enter button like there should be on the uh, Apple Gen 3. That'll, I'm sure, get fixed in another generation. So anyways, someone exhausted, and we'll see how all these new updates work out. So (laughs) thanks for the heads up on uh, the software updates, Rob. Appreciate it. Have a great one. Hi, Rob. In episode 374, a caller was asking how to get feedback to Apple, and this link, apple.com slash feedback, can be used as this was the link that I used to ask Apple to get Apple Pay with my bank, and the page I used... Uh, said they read all emails, but can't reply to all emails, but they read all emails carefully. I'm not saying this will work for all, but it seemed to work for me, regards Aaron in Vermont. Hi Rob, I learned something new today, and I'm sharing just in the spirit of the TI community. My iPhone 6 screen had a crack, and I made an appointment with the Genius Bar to have the tech repla- uh, replace it. No Apple Care or other coverage, so I owe $105 for the work. Not a problem for me since I've skipped coverage for the past eight years and over eight different devices, so I'm ahead by many dollars. But let's fast forward to the new thing I learned. When they took the phone, I had to log out of my Apple ID, and because they replaced the broken screen, that includes the home button, I also lost my Touch ID. So when I wanted to pay Uh, the repair charge with Apple Pay, I had no way to do it on the phone. The Apple rep said, hey, try your Apple Watch. I thought it wouldn't work. I believe the watch was just a slave to the phone, but Viola, it worked and paid for my repair. Maybe you told us earlier, but I missed this capability. I wasn't even logged into my Apple ID on the phone, and my Amex has been disassociated from my phone when I turned it off before the repair. Regards, Paul G. in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Well, Paul, thanks for the feedback and for the reminder that your Apple Watch will work with Apple Pay, even when you're away from your iPhone. I had this happen to me and mentioned it on a show before, that one time I was going to McDonald's to buy some ice cream cones and I got there and I had left my phone and my wallet at home, but I had my Apple Watch on and was able to pay with my Apple Watch, even though my phone was back at home. So yes, you're out. Apple Watch will work with Apple Pay even when you're not around your iPhone. It's not anywhere near you or or connected with you. We are now over 2,500 members in our Google Plus community and growing. Thanks to everyone that has joined and thanks for the great posts. One new post in the Google Plus community that went up since the last episode came from Stephen Watley, who posted the following, quote, here is a cool idea for an iPad Pro game. How about a pool billiards game where you use the Apple Pencil as the pool stick? Any takers? Unquote. Brilliant! I hope someone takes Steven up on that idea. Would love to see a game design that used the Apple Pencil specifically. And, of course, Billiards makes the most sense. 
If you design that game, let us know. We'd love to promote it on the show. Since last episode, there were also dozens and dozens and dozens of other new posts and comments in the TII Google Plus community, which is an Android fanboys free zone and a spammer free zone. Takes a lot of work to keep the spammers out, let me tell you. Yep, it is the most civil Google Plus community covering iOS. Folks, go to todayinios.com community to join in. And thanks to all 2,500 plus of you already in the community and contributing. And also from the Google Plus community was this feedback to the post I put up there on episode 375. From Myron Euchre, quote, you talked about the hoops you had to jump through to get your remote app working for your Apple TV 4. Yesterday, I simply opened the remote app after updating my Apple TV and it just worked. I'm looking forward to getting home tonight to find out if today's update to the remote app made it work better, unquote. When I released episode 375, the Apple had not updated the remote app yet. It was released on the 9th early in the day, so it looks like the updated remote app will be easier to set up. Sadly, uh, the remote app works with this, the same way with the new version as it did the last version in that it doesn't work with games. But still, works fine with, for Netflix, HBO, YouTube, and searching for apps, when, which is what is needed when you have to enter text. But definitely, if you have the remote app installed, make sure you have updated to the latest version of the remote app. Also from the Google Plus community, quote, Hey, does anyone know where I can find a list of services that don't count against my T-Mobile bandwidth cap? I know of the music and video services that are now not counted. I also know the app stores still run high speed even after you pass your limit. But I'd love to know of any that I didn't hear about through podcast side chat. Unquote from Cody K. To which Kenneth B. provided the link to the T-Mobile page, which I will have a link in the show notes to for episode 376. Look for the link titled Binge on Streaming Video Lists. And here is a quick rundown on the services you can stream content via T-Mobile and not have a cat against your data cap. And breathe in deeply. Crackle, DirecTV, Encore, ESPN, Flurry, Fox Sports, Fox Sports Go, Go90, HBO Go, HBO Now, Hulu, IG2000, Major League Baseball, Movieplex, NBC Sports, Netflix, Showtime, Slave One, Sling Box, Sling TV, Stars, T-Mobile TV, Univision, Deportes, Ustream, Vessel, Vivo, and Vudu. Thanks to Michael for the heads up on this next one. There is a nice article over at App Advice titled, Apple TV's App Store is bursting at the seams with growth. I will say this, in perspective to iOS and iPad apps, the numbers are anemic. But for Apple TV, it's pretty good already. There are over 2,600 apps now, with projection of 5,000 within a month and 10,000 sometime in early 2016. Game apps are the biggest category by far with 38% of the apps. Entertainment is number two, followed by education. The least popular categories in terms of numbers of apps are finance, medical, navigation, shopping, and catalogs. Why the heck is navigation even a category on a set-top box device? Since there are no ads in Apple TV apps, as you might expect, more apps are for sale. The fact the percentage uh, is just 39% was actually surprising to me. I, I would have thought it was going to be a higher number than that. Of course, there are a bunch that are freemium, and they go under free. And then after you have the app downloaded, you have in-app purchases to get, say, better-looking fireplaces. Here is some feedback on the Apple TV from the email bag. Hi, Rob. I got my Apple TV 64 gig. Well, first it came a few days earlier than expected. It could have not been any easier to set up. 
I just put my iPhone next to it and most of the setup was taken care of. Then I had to put my password for the iTunes account. After that, I set up Apple Music. Then I put it on a few games as well as Flickr, YouTube, and my go-to apps uh, for movies and TV and uh, Netflix and HBO Go and Showtime anytime. I tried out some games. Most games I got were on par graphically with the Wii. Some games were so-so. The others were great. To my kids so far, they like the games they've played. So that is the main test. I will let you know more once I set up all my apps and give the kids more time to play the games. I'm just happy it came in time for Hanukkah. I also want to gloat about my 25% off that I got. That makes it a better system than it already was. Thanks once again for the show. Regards, Aaron from Brooklyn. Well, Aaron, thanks for the feedback and happy Hanukkah to you and others as well. This next one goes in the rumor categories, but sadly, this rumor category is the one on what's not coming rather than what is coming. Bloomberg is saying, according to their sources, Apple plans to roll Apple's plans to roll out its own TV subscription service are now dead in the water, as Apple just was not able to come up with an agreement with the TV content creators. Apple had long been rumored to be working on a $30 to $40 a month subscription service to TV content. Now it seems Apple is shelving or pausing or putting off for a while those efforts and instead will now focus on making Apple TV the platform where individual content creators or networks can sell directly their content, i.e. HBO Now. CBS's CEO, Les Moonves, not to be confused with more Moondog, Well, Les, he said last week that Apple has put its TV plans on hold. Rumors have it that uh, some big egos wanted a little bit too much money and that it was going to put uh, the kibosh on Apple's plans for now. I think this can be summed up like this. Apple was trying to offer a better value offering to end users, but content creators were asking for more money from Apple than from cable providers. This is kind of killing that whole value prop for the end user angle. Mr. Moonves did go on to say he expects Apple to eventually roll out the service, but he did not elaborate whether that was going to be before or after the ice skates were placed on El Diablo. I had asked for feedback on what folks wanted to see for an iPhone 7 from Larry D in the Google Plus community. He said, quote, here was what I would like to see in the iPhone 7. One, an iPad Pro style external connector that can be used to charge the phone via a case or other external device. This would be for this for one would eliminate the need to add another quarter inch to the phone size when you add a charging case. Two, illuminated Apple logo on the back of the phone or illuminated ring on the Touch ID ring to indicate status. Three, waterproofing for sapphire glass option if not as part of the base product. Unquote. Now. I really like the idea of the side connector with the iPad Pro. You know, so if you look on the iPad Pro where the uh, smart keyboard connects, having those three dots there on the side of your iPhone, um, where if you have a case, it could provide power that way rather than having to go through the lightning connector. Uh, per waterproofing, I do think there is a good chance for that officially as the 6S and 6S Plus have taken a big step in that direction with the new internal connectors with essentially gaskets around them. So the 6S and 6S Plus are already more waterproof than any other previous iPhones. Per 
an illuminated Apple logo. It's something I've been hoping for for years, but and actually had one time with an iPhone 4 and 4S where I actually got a third-party case with it. But um, I've never really expected it officially from Apple. It is one of those things that would be neat, but never will happen due to the size and power issues. And the Sapphire screens, um, it will forever be one of those things you will see in rumors because Apple spent a lot of time and effort to get it in the past and completely caused a bankruptcy of a company over it, or the company caused their own bankruptcy because they couldn't deliver. Where part of that settlement, though, was the selling of all those furnaces that were made by GTAT, not scrapping of them, but selling of them. So they were purchased by someone, and that is why the rumor of Sapphire screens will be back every year from now until it finally happens, if it ever does happen. I'll say this, don't hold off buying an iPhone for it. It could as easily be a rumor associated with the iPhone 17, just as well as the iPhone 7. Speaking of rumor mills, it is being rumored the next Sammy Galaxy S7 will have pressure-sensitive screen. Of course it will. For anyone that has ever doubted, Sammy's roadmap for the Galaxy line is located at apple.com. This is just another example why all those doubts should be removed. This would, of course, be Sammy's attempt to clone Apple's 3D Touch. So I'm going to guess they're just going to go ahead and call it Touch 3D. Just saying. Very interesting article from Quartz titled, Apple's not as secure as it used to be, but it's still way better than Windows and Android. I will skip the OS X parts and get right to the iOS part of it. Symantec in 2015 said, to date, they have found over double the number of new threats for iOS versus 2014, which sounds dire, until you realize the number of new threats in 2015 was seven. By comparison, Symantec logged 9,839 cumulative Android malware threats in 2014 which they said in 2014, 17% of Android apps were malware in disguise. By the way, of the 13 iOS threats all time, yes, 13 all time, nine can only infect jailbroken devices. So long of the short, no, it's not as secure as it used to be, but compared to Android, it's still Fort Knox rather than Knox on wood. I wear glasses all the time. Essentially, I put them on when I get out of bed and don't take them off until I go back to bed or take a shower. And if you Google me for any pictures from the past three plus years, one thing will be constant in all those pictures. I am wearing my Warby Parker glasses. I love those glasses and I love the experience buying the glasses. And I would like to welcome Warby Parker back as a sponsor. If you wear glasses like me, you know what a pain it is to get new glasses and how expensive it is. Eyeglasses should not cost more than an iPhone. And I'm not talking about an unsubsidized 128-gig iPhone 6S Plus. I'm talking they shouldn't cost more than a 16-gigabyte iPhone 6 subsidized. But sadly, most do, especially after eyeglasses stores put on all their extra headers. But Warby Parker is not like that. First, on the price side for prescription glasses, they are $95. Or you can go titanium for $145. And that includes the anti-reflective and anti-glare coating and a very nice case. No upsells. And these are very nice, very fashionable glasses. And at this price, you can afford to get a few pairs just to accessorize for different looks if you want. How the process works is you go to warbyparker.com TII and you pick out five pairs of glasses that you want to try on, or as they call it, their home try-on. 
and they ship the five pairs out to you for no cost. You try them on, you have five days, pick out the pair that you like best, and you send them back in their pre-shipped, uh, pre-paid shipping. Again, shipping covered both ways. Then once you pick the pair you like best, you go online, enter your prescription, or scan in your prescription, or even just give them the name and number of your eye doctor, and they'll call them and get your information. They make that part so easy. And then you place the order. And that's it. It really was an easy process. My Warby Parker glasses are my day-in, day-out glasses. They're not just an advertiser. They are who I go to as my primary pair of glasses. You can see them on me in my picture on the banner for the Warby Parker ad right now up on todayinios.com or in the Harry's banner for that matter, or again in any picture I have been in for the last three plus years. I don't wear my Warby Parker glasses because they're an advertiser. They're an advertiser because I wear my Warby Parker glasses. Go right now on your iOS device to warbyparker.com slash TII. Pick your five pairs to try on. Get them sent to you. Try them on at no cost to you. But let's say after you try on the first five pairs and you and your significant other can't agree on the, the pair, simply send them back and pick another five pairs and repeat. Still at no cost for the try-ons. They have a lot of great styles, and the site is really easy to see the different styles and colors. And when you buy a pair of glasses with Warby Parker, here's the absolute best part. They give a pair to a third world charity. So in summary, you shop hassle-free, get five days to try on your five pairs at home to pick the ones you really like best. You pay one-third to one-fifth what you normally pay for glasses. And by buying a pair, you're helping out someone in a third world country to get a pair of glasses as well. Win, win, and win. Again, remember to start the free home try-on process. Go to warbyparker.com slash TII. Thanks, Warby Parker, for sponsoring the show and for making the best glasses I've ever owned. Hey, Rob, it's Kevin Crossman from Fremont, California. Wanted to give you a story about my Apple Watch buying experience and a tip for listeners of an app you might want to consider for the Apple Watch. So when the Apple Watch was announced, I was very skeptical since I had not worn a watch for over 30 years and thought it was really no big deal to find the time because I could just look at my phone. So after the um, the watch was announced and released, I did start to see a pattern where it would be helpful for me to see where my next meeting was and some other information on the complications for the watch. And especially with uh, Watch 2.0, providing third-party complications. It's actually been really nice to have certain data on my watch face there. So in terms of the uh, tip, there's an app called Buy Me a Pie, and this is a shopping uh, list app. You know, like if you go to the grocery store, you can put items in there and, you know, kind of click on them, tap on them to, to mark them as uh, bought. And then, you know, each week you just search for milk, you search for cheese, you search for whatever, and then it puts it in your list and then you know what to, to get there. And there's things that you can do with categories and other things, which uh, I'm not really using. But in any case, there's a really nice Apple Watch app for this Buy Me a Pie. And what it allows you to do is be able to, to, you know, when you raise your wrist when you're in the grocery store, it goes straight to that list. And then you can see what you need to buy rather than having to either fumble with your phone or a piece of paper or whatever. It's right there on your wrist instead. Kevin, thanks for the heads up on Buy Me a Pie. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. When I try to print for my iPhone 6 Plus with all current software, a transit map, the application crashes. My iPad Pro with all current software, I know how to sort in Apple Mail for a particular sender. What I don't know is how to concate 
those emails into one document for forwarding or printing. And the same iPad Pro, how do I start voice recognition from the Logitech Create keyboard? Regards, Thomas M. from Sunnyvale Cal. Well, hi, Thomas. First, thanks for the heads up on the transit map crashing when you try to print. I did a search in map for directions from Fisherman's Wharf to the Moscone Center, and it'll show the preview to print fine for driving or walking directions. But for transit, when it is trying to show the preview for print, it crashes the app. Same if in the New York City, if I'm in New York City, for directions from, say, the Empire State Building to the Museum of Modern Art. No issues with driving or walking directions, but transit directions crash the app. So it looks like Apple has a bug to fix. Per the question of printing multiple emails from the same person or in a thread um, at once, I'm not aware of any way to do that from an iOS device, but if someone listening knows of how to do this with the native mail app in iOS, please let us know. And if you know how to do this with any other mail app for iOS, for that matter, let us know as well. 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or record an email in the response to todayinios at gmail.com. And folks, I'm also going to throw out that third part of that email. If anyone has the Logitech keyboard for the iPad Pro, is there a way to start voice recognition from it? Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. There is an issue with the Thing Charger Indiegogo project. They have been providing them to Sam's Club before shipping the units to most or even all of the backers first. I pledge for the Lightning version, not the USB-C version, and I haven't even gotten mine yet. And I see them for sale in the local Sam's Club. Not cool. This is just turning me off on funding any projects anymore, and I'm sure there are many other backers that feel the same. Maybe they need to just give us Sam's Club gift cards with the amount we pledge so we can go get them before Christmas. Regards, Thomas in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And Thomas sent in a picture of the Thing Charger from his local Sam's Club. Thomas, I agree. When a crowdfunded project turns around and then ships product to big box retailers or any retailers before providing the product to those that took a chance with them, it definitely hurts crowdfunding campaigns in the future. Take the SOS charger. More people were able to purchase them from an online store and retailers than were shipped them that funded the project. I never received mine. I understand why they do it though. Basically, they run out of money and they're looking at the sale of the product to a big box store as a loan. But really what they're doing is selling the same product twice. Once to the individual that crowdfunded it and made it possible to get built in the first place and then again to the retailer. And I agree that just is not kosher and is bad for all involved. Most of the reasons this happens is bad planning and unforeseen complications, which again could be bad planning. But you can't let a few bad apples ruin the whole darn bunch because this is not a widespread issue and I only know of a handful of cases where this happened. So hopefully you'll give some other startup crowdfunded project you're backing in the future and not let this one or the SOS charger ruin your whole view of crowdfunding. And speaking of crowdfunding, this week for a Kickstarter project, we have Dome, or more precisely, Dome Charging Dock for the Apple Watch and iPhone. This one has a goal of $19,000 and has risen its head over 6 k to date and has just until December 24th at 9 p.m. to get the funding. It's probably not going to happen. According to the creators, Dome is, quote, an elegant and clutter-free charging dock for Apple Watch and iPhone, unquote. It allows you to charge both together. 
Please note, it does not come with either cable for the Lightning nor the Apple Watch, so you have to provide them. Pricing on this is $69, and it has delivery scheduled for April of 2016. If you want more info on this, search for Dome at Kickstarter.com or in the show notes for episode 376. The folks at Bumpies sent me a set of Bumpies to review. I've been testing out my Bumpies for my iPhone 6 Plus the past week plus, and I feel naked in a good way. I had a big ol' hunk and protective case on my 6 Plus for over a year, and with the Bumpies, I feel like I am almost totally naked now. Uh, well, I mean, my phone is naked. It's kind of like having a fig leaf for your iPhone. Just the parts you need to protect are protected. For those that don't remember me talking about the Bumpies in the past, they go on each corner of your iPhone and then protrude above uh, the screen and below the back. So no matter how you drop it, uh, the screen does not touch the ground and the back does not touch, and the sides do not touch, just the Bumpies touch. And again, they just cover the corners. It comes with a wipe to clean the corners and then a little sleeve to place the iPhone in for proper placement, which was much easier than I thought it was going to be. I did also keep my glass screen protector on it because you never know when something will be dropped on your iPhone screen. I highly recommend using a glass screen or some sort of screen protector with the bumpies. With the bumpies and the glass protector, I am getting the same protection as my big old hunking case, except now it fits in the cup holder in my car and my pocket much better. It really is nice to feel my iPhone again, um, but at the same time, have it protected. It's kind of weird in a good way to feel the back of my iPhone and the quality of my iPhone, but I forgot how good it really feels in my hand. And now I'm able to show off um, how pretty my 6 Plus is again, nice gold 6 Plus, as just a minimal amount of the iPhone is covered. And since I went with the white ones at first glance, my iPhone looks completely naked. They have bumpies for all versions of the iPhones going back to the 4. And for the 6 Plus, at least, they run just $35. Link in the show notes. And thanks to Bumpies for sending me these over to review. And I'm really liking them. I really am. So um, I, I can recommend this if you're looking for a nice little gift to get somebody. This is uh, one to take a look at. Again, Bumpies, B-U-M-P-I-E-S, and link in the show notes for episode 376. Hello, Rob. It's Daniel from Wisbeach, Cambridgeshire. What do I want to see from the new watch was your question. Here's my answers. I would love to see its own dedicated micro SIM card slot. Uh, but that's never going to happen. I would also like uh, more geofencing to be integrated into the watch. It'd be quite nice. More third-party developers getting involved with the infrastructure of it. For example, WhatsApp was mentioned by um, a listener on your previous, and I wholeheartedly agree. I don't use the native messaging app uh, on the phone. Never have. Always use WhatsApp. And I was a bit upset, actually, because WhatsApp added their own caller function. So on the iPhone now, when you get a message on WhatsApp, there's a phone. You used to press that, and it would revert to the um, phone's actual calling. But now it uses um, WhatsApp calling. And the whole thing is just, I don't like it. So, yes, I would like that. Uh, what else off the top of my head would I like? Well, I've been thinking long and hard about what I would like, and I can pretty much summarize it in one thing. I'd like it to be disconnected from the phone. 
don't know if that's ever going to happen because obviously Apple love making money. You may have heard or read about this. They love money. So obviously you need to have the phone and the watch. But I just think that everything is very expensive. The watch is expensive. The phone is expensive. The iPad Pro is definitely expensive. I can clarify that wholeheartedly. Apple don't really need you to buy everything, surely. They can't be that greedy or am I that naive? I possibly think I might be that naive. But just a disconnection would be beautiful because sometimes you don't want to always have your phone with you. I know that obviously I understand that the Wi-Fi, you know, you can to and fro as long as you're on a Wi-Fi network. Is that right? But I don't have a watch, so you have to bear with me. But if you walk a certain distance away, that's it. You're pretty much cut off apart from maybe the health app options, which are borderline useless. But I'm understanding you technically need the, the phone as well. Is that correct? Then let's summarize it. Rob, in answer to the question on your wonderful podcast, I would say I would like a disconnection, please, from the from the watch to the phone. Also, thank you for um, trying to help me again with Siri. I've given Siri the sack. Um, I've downloaded the Google one, and uh, I'm now on to OK Google. Sorry. Oh, no, why am I apologizing? No one who was on Google is going to be listening to this. OK Google, OK Google, OK Google. Uh, anyway. I digress. So I'm going to have to just give up the Siri altogether and just hope that with each update, it's going to get more intelligent and, and be able to understand me. Maybe it's my, my mock me language. Maybe it don't get it. And I understand that. I don't even get myself sometimes. I don't even get the point of what I'm talking about. But anyway, I know one thing. Love the show. Love your face. And as always, have a nice day. Well, Daniel, thanks for the feedback. And Right now, there are some things you can do with the Apple Watch where it is disconnected from your phone. As I mentioned earlier in the show, you can go out and about and use Apple Pay and not have your phone with you. You can go out jogging and have music on your iPhone that communicates via Bluetooth. So you can have music that's installed on there and go out jogging or riding a bike, not have to have your iPhone with you and listen and then also have the health tracker running as well. And if you're at home, you don't have to be right near the iPhone for it to get pick up a phone call or send a text message. If you're anywhere on the Wi-Fi network that your phone's on, you can receive a call, you can send a message. So again, doesn't have to be right next to it, just anywhere on that Wi-Fi network. So there are things it's doing that are untethered. Um, I put it into airplane mode when I go to sleep and it tracks my sleep. So again, not everything is about it being tethered to your iPhone, especially since Watch OS 2 came out. So I think some of the things that you're looking for are already available. Now, you still do need an iPhone to set it up. And you do need the iPhone to transfer the apps over. So you do need to have an iPhone if you're going to have an Apple Watch. But you don't have to have your iPhone with you all the time. Into the email bag. Rob, just listen to episode 375. One thing I was hoping the Apple Watch update would fix is my springboard problem on my Apple Watch. I hadn't had any problems with it since I got it on launch date earlier in the year, but in the last two to three weeks, it seems to randomly crash, reboot, and back to work. Sometimes even while I'm doing a workout, it does this and then resumes recording my workout without missing a beat. Kind of funny. Just wanted to put this out there and see if you or anyone, any other listeners has had similar experience or even better found a fix. Please let me know. Regards, Tosin O. Tosin I have not had that issue for me, knock on wood. The Apple Watch has been really rock solid, but if anyone else has had that issue, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com, especially if you had the problem and 
found a fix for it. Hey, Rob. Just wondering if anyone else noticed that after downloading iOS 9.2 on my iPhone 5C, it took about 30 of my 70 songs that I bought from iTunes and took them out of the cloud and downloaded them back onto my device. Also, what I miss is the little cloud symbol clearly showing if a song is in the cloud or not. And yes, I'm aware of the three red dots and seeing this way by clicking on a song itself if it is or is not, um, but I miss the old system. Also, my friend has a 5S, and he gets a little mobile device symbol on a song, and my iPhone 5C does not, which I find odd. Regards, RJ. Well, if anyone has any advice there or recommendations for RJ, please let us know. Give us a call or shoot us an email. There are a bunch, a bunch of rumors out there swirling about about iOS 9.2 jailbreak coming soon. But at this point, on December 14th, there is no released jailbreak for iOS 9.2. There are some scams claiming to do it. Just send the money. That is always the case after any new update. But so far, from the Pangu jailbreak team and the other jailbreak teams, there is no official word of a working jailbreak for iOS 9.2 Goldmaster that is ready for end users. So again, if you are jailbroken, do not upgrade to iOS 9.2 at this point if you plan to keep your jailbreak. Um, also, if you plan to jailbreak in the future, don't upgrade to iOS 9.2. Um, for everyone else, go for it. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. One of the greatest things about the iPhone is the ability to email video attachments. Up until the latest iOS update 9.2, I could always compress and email video attachments. Now, after the update, I only get the option to use MailDrop or try to send the attachment. I don't even see the Mail app uh, try to compress the video file, rendering this function as useless. Not everyone wants to use MailDrop or iCloud or send links to their videos which reside in Dropbox, etc. Some of us just want to attach a simple video file to an email. So I'm pretty unhappy about this latest update since this is a basic vital function that I need to do for both work and personal reasons, and I don't want to have to switch back to Android because of this. I'd appreciate any help you or your audience can give me. Thanks and regards, Brent from Chicago. Well, Brent, thanks for the heads up on that. Well, Brent, I went and looked through some of the settings. I could not find anything that was going to change how emails work with video in iOS 9.2. But if someone out there knows a solution for what Brent's trying to do or work around, let us know. Give us a call. Shoot us an email. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob, for episode 375, I am one of the users who is wanting and waiting for the 4-inch screen iPhone as well. It would be awesome to add 3D touch to the 4-inch phone, but if it doesn't get added, it means Apple's not yet ready to fully support 3D touch on the iDevices. While the Maps app as well as the Podcast app are the most popular on iOS, you're right, it doesn't make them better even though they are more popular. For one, you can't share a point in a podcast like I have shared below at your most amusing comments from your last episode. Thanks again for everything you do. Regards, Francisco Tapia. And Francisco, thanks for the link. And yeah, it would be nice in the podcast app if you could just say, here's a point in the episode. I want to go and email that out, that point. And boom, that email goes out. And anyone who has a podcast app would be able to start listening to that episode at that exact point. Not sure if Apple's going to ever add that, but it would be nice, and I agree with you on that. What is your favorite animal? I don't really have one on this planet. 
What is your favorite animal? I wrote my master's thesis on the killer rabbit of Kurbanog. What is your favorite animal? Maybe a giant slur. Many shoves and zools knew what it was like to be roasted in the depths of the slur. I can tell you. What is your favorite animal? I'm partial to the Jabberwocky. What is your favorite animal? I heart Totoro. What is your favorite animal? Dilmokun, Dilmokun, Dilmokun. What is your favorite animal? Maybe a Tauntaun, but only when I'm cold. Thanks again to Warby Parker for sponsoring this show. And please go to warbyparker.com slash TII to get your five pairs of glasses to try on at home, shipped right to your door with free shipping all around. Great glasses, great prices, and a great cause. WarbyParker.com slash TII. Before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Record your feedback and email it to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode, or it can be a question or rant about something else, an app, a product review, good or bad. As long as it's iOS-related, it is welcomed. I'm always looking for new artwork to feature on the show that you've created on iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And of course, we're always looking for more music created on iOS device to play on this show. It's your show, and your feedback is greatly desired. And don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. And a big thanks again to Harry's for their ongoing support of TII. Go to harrys.com right now. And as a special offer to you, Harry's will give you $5 off your first order with the promo code TII. Don't wait. Economy shipping for the holidays ends on December 18th, so act now. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com and enter promo code TII. Every morning, they shave feel like a holiday. And finally, there is the TI app, which is free to you. Just search for TII in the iTunes App Store. It's the best way to consume this show and to get push notifications each time a new episode of TII is released. It is fully voiceover friendly, of course. Please go right now and download the TI app. Did I mention it's free? And that, folks, is going to do it for us today. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to use the Force Touch loop. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I.